Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. Gil Martin here with you. So much to get to today as the Islanders continue their preparations for the resumption of the NHL season, really the play-in round to the playoffs. August 1st is when the uh, playoffs will get underway, but we have uh, some new announcements regarding the playoffs, including the times of the first three games that the Islanders will play. They've also scheduled an exhibition game against guess who? the New York Rangers, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll have the latest reports from Islanders Camp, our Islanders birthday of the day, and a whole lot more coming up on today's show. Plus, of course, more information about the Nassau Coliseum and whether the Islanders will be able to play there in 2020 and 2021. First of all, if you've got something that's on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Tell us your name, where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air whenever it is that we discuss your question or your topic. You could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes surrounding the New York Islanders. All right, so let's start with the schedule because that's always a fun thing. Uh, The Islanders will be playing an exhibition game. And uh, guess who it's against? As I mentioned at the top of the show, the New York Rangers will be the opponent. The exhibition game is scheduled for Wednesday, July 29th. So that's two weeks from today. Uh, Rangers and Islanders getting together. Game won't mean anything. It'll take place up in Toronto. And it's an 8 o'clock Eastern time start. So uh, hopefully that game will be televised. But either way, uh, that means that we are on a countdown of two weeks until we see the Islanders in uniform on the ice and uh, playing an exhibition game against the New York Rangers. Again, Wednesday, July 29th at 8 o'clock Eastern time. There will be some exhibition games before that. Um, Tuesday the 28th, Flyers, Penguins, uh, Maple Leafs, Canadians, Oilers, Flames. You, you, You see these rivalries setting up? Uh, then on the 29th, uh, 
Lightning Panthers, so the Florida Panthers, the Islanders' opponent in that first playoff game, will be playing their cross-state rivals, the Lightning. You'll have the Blues and the Blackhawks, the Avalanche and the uh, Minnesota Wild, the Hurricanes and the Capitals, and then the Jets and the Canucks all on the 29th, along with Rangers-Islanders. So, that is all good news. And uh, it means that we are, again, even closer to seeing a hockey game involving the New York Islanders than we thought we were even yesterday. Meanwhile, the times have been released for the first three games of the Islanders-Panthers playoff series. Game one, scheduled for August 1st, a 4 o'clock in the afternoon start. Game two is August 4th. Game 3, August 5th, both of those games will start at 12 noon. So three matinees essentially set up for the Islanders and the Panthers. That's a 4 o'clock Eastern time start on August 1st, and then noon Eastern time starts on the 4th and 5th. The times for games 4 and 5, if necessary, have not been released yet. Obviously, what the league is going to do uh, is to uh, wait to see how many games are being played and then try to fill in the time slots the best that they can to you know fit the schedule and maximize TV exposure and, and everything else. But at the end of the day, the good news is that we now know the times and uh, it'll be pretty exciting once the playoffs get underway. Looking forward very much to seeing that. So, uh, good news there. And also, happy to say, some more good news surrounding the Nassau Coliseum and the Islanders trying very hard to uh, find a way to play at the Nassau Coliseum next season. As of right now, as we've mentioned before, the Nassau Coliseum is shuttered, mostly because can't hold concerts and, and the other events, sporting events, etc., uh, at the Coliseum because of the pandemic. But uh, Laura Curran, the Nassau County Executive, uh, tweeted today, I am pleased to announce progress on a plan for the future of the Nassau Coliseum and the development of the Nassau hub site. Discussions are progressing between the county, the Coliseum tenant, the leasehold lender, USIF, and the development partner. Uh, basically, they're trying to get this company called USIF to step into the shoes of NEC NEC leaves the Coliseum operation and the hub redevelopment, and basically USIF would take over. Negotiations are ongoing. Town of Hempstead Supervisor Donald X. Clavin also involved, as is Scott Reckler, and they're going to, again, try to see what can be negotiated. Look, this is a political situation, and anytime you're dealing with politics— there's going to be negotiations. There's going to, it's going to go down to the last minute. But there is no way in my mind that Nassau County 
and the town of Hempstead benefit in any way to allow the Colosseum to remain shuttered. And if the Islanders are able to play home games there in front of fans starting December 1st, give or take, of uh, this year for next season, which is roughly when the season is supposed to get underway, there is no way the Nassau, the powers that be in Nassau County and the town of Hempstead would allow the Islanders to play somewhere else unless there's no possible solution. So good news concerning the exhibition game, the schedule being released, and now good news concerning possible return to the Coliseum for one last season. All of this happening within the last 24 hours. Alright, time for our Islanders birthday of the day, and uh, this is a nice one. A, a, a guy who really did contribute a lot to the Islanders when he was with the team in the early to mid-90s. I'm talking about winger Steve Thomas, part of the Islanders' exciting run all the way to the uh, conference finals back in 1992-93. Actually had his best goal-scoring season with the Islanders the following year, 42 goals in 1993-94 in 78 games. His best point season with the Isles was 92-93 when he had 87 points. Also topped the 100 penalty minute mark with the Islanders in both 92-93 and 93-94. Believe it or not, Steve Thomas, born in Stockport, England, is 57 years old today. So, happy birthday to Steve Thomas, and, and just to add to all the weirdness, this is the first time in, in his life, I'm assuming, that his birthday fell out on tax day. So, uh, hopefully you got your taxes filed and taken care of already. Uh, but Steve Thomas started out his NHL career with the Maple Leafs, headed over to the Chicago Blackhawks, then the Islanders, ended up finishing his career with the Devils, another tour with the Maple Leafs, another tour with the Blackhawks, and then uh, some brief stints with the uh, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim and the Detroit Red Wings, played in 1,235 games in his NHL career, 421 goals, 512 assists, that's 933 points, and yes, 1,306 penalty minutes. You know a guy had a long career and a successful career, or played on some good teams, when he added 174 playoff games uh, in his career, 54 playoff goals, 107 playoff points, but uh, obviously, you know, part of some nice long playoff runs uh, for Steve Thomas. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. And this one is a physical fight-filled contest. We're going back to November 27th, 1993 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Rangers going up against the Islanders in the great rivalry, and uh, Glenn Healy and Mike Richter both playing in this game for the Rangers. The Islanders goaltender, Ron Hextall, who uh, 
you know, struggled in his one year on the island, but did have a few uh, very solid games. Just didn't come through in that playoff series, for crying out loud. Now, the crazy thing about this game, it was played with replacement referees. Now, try to imagine, uh, especially back in the early to mid-90s, replacement referees trying to officiate an Islanders-Rangers game. That's not going to happen. Both teams were concerned that things would get out of hand and it didn't take long for things to get physical. Here's what Steve Thomas said, and this is a quote from my book, Shorthanded, which basically uh, goes over and, and analyzes every Rangers-Islanders game uh, in history and, and breaks down the seasons for all the teams, etc. So here's a quote from Steve Thomas. Uh, First shift, Messier ran me over like a train. He rang my bell pretty good, but he got me involved in the game. Early on, Ron Hextall took a swing at Joey Kosher of the Rangers. He didn't hit him. Kosher got angry, bumped Hextall, and eight different players get involved in a uh, shoving match and all kinds of penalties handed out. 39 penalties worth 122 minutes. Uh, in this game, Adam Graves of the Rangers was ejected in the second period after he uh, stepped in to fight the Islanders' Joe Day, who wanted to go at Mark Messier. So Graves was ruled the third man in. But the Islanders uh, got off to a pretty good start in this one. Travis Green leading off the scoring just a minute 25 into the contest. His fourth from Pat Flatley, 1-0 Islanders. But the Rangers got on the board a power play goal by Tony Amante. His seventh, Steve Larmer and Asa Tikkanen with the assists. And it was a 1-1 game. But Sergei Zubov headed off for holding. Islanders get a power play. And it's Steve Thomas, our birthday boy of the day, getting his 12th, Tom Curvers and Pierre Turgeon with the assists. After one period, it was 2-1 to one in favor of the Islanders. In the second period, the Islanders extended their lead with a shorthanded goal. Dean Chenauf was in the penalty box for holding late in the first period. It carried over, and Benoit Hogue got the shorty, his ninth from Pat Flatley at 28 seconds of the period. Islanders had a 3-1 to one lead. Steve Thomas's second goal of the game made it 4-1 to one Islanders. It was his 13th of the year. Ray Ferraro and Tom Curvers with the assists at 2.51, and all of a sudden, it's 4-1. to one. But the Rangers get back into the game midway through the game. Joe Kosher with his uh, first goal of the season. Mike Hudson and Jeff Bukaboom with the assist at 9.52. That made it a 4-2 to two game. And then Greg Gilbert, the ex-Islander, now with the Rangers, got his first Alex Kovalov and Sergei Nemchinov with helpers at 12.47. And all of a sudden, it's a one-goal game again. But Steve Thomas comes through. The Islanders were on the power play yet again with uh, Alexander Karpatsev and uh, off, rather, for cross-checking. Thomas gets the power play goal, his 14th of the year, unassisted at 15:40, and after two periods, the Islanders had a 5-3 lead. 
Derek King scored late in the third to extend the Islanders' lead, his 10th from Pierre Turgeon and Marty McInnes. And then late in the game, with just a minute 15 to go, uh, Dennis Vasky off for roughing. Brian Leach on the power play gets the Rangers closer. Mark Messier and the late Alexander Karpatsev with the assists. Final score in this one, Islanders 6, Rangers 4. Good game for Ron Hextall. 37 saves to earn the victory as the Islanders and Rangers played a wild, wide-open, physical game. Hat trick for Steve Thomas. Three goals on five shots. Other multiple-point Islanders, Tom Curvers, Pat Flatley, and Pierre Turgeon each had two assists in this game. Derek King the uh, and Pat Flatley each a plus two for the Islanders. <clears throat> Meanwhile, penalty minutes piling up. Uh, Islanders had 64. Uh, Dean Chenouth and Keith Acton leading the way. Chenouth with 14, Acton with 12. And as far as shots on goal were concerned, McGinnis, Steve Thomas, and Pierre Turgeon each had five Islanders getting a win on Steve Thomas's uh, birthday. We're looking back and celebrating his hat trick in this game with replacement officials. November 27th, 1993 for Steve Thomas. Happy 57th birthday. A great Islander who was a big part of the team's run to the conference finals back in 1993. All right, so the other piece of big news that the Islanders had yesterday, they signed Ilya Sorokin to a one-year contract extension, means he will be an Islander in the 2020-2021 season. The deal is worth $2 million. Half of it is salary. Half of it is a signing bonus, according to Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet. So the 24-year-old Sorokin, Basically, joining the Islanders, going to be able to practice with the team as of now, and we will see what happens uh, going forward. But, look, this year, you look at the numbers, Sorokin outstanding, a 1.50 goals against average, a 9.35 save percentage in 40 games, and, you know... Now, the beautiful part is Sorokin will get to work with the Islanders coaching staff. He will practice with the team. He will learn about his teammates, adjust to life in North America, and basically, importantly, uh, the Islanders will have him, by the time December runs around, he will be working with his uh, goaltending coach, and be ready to play, hopefully, for the Islanders in 2020-2021. He may have to start off with a few games at Bridgeport, but I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. I think at the end of the day, he will be with the New York Islanders from the beginning of next season. But again, it will depend on his, how he plays, how he adjusts, and, and all of those things. But here is the, the downside, so to speak, about the Sorokin 
signing. You're talking about $2 million. So, look, the salary cap, we talked about this. It's an issue. It's going to be $81.5 million as of right now. After signing Sorokin to that $2 million deal, the Islanders have approximately $8.1 million in cap space. And yet, there are three restricted free agents that have to be re-signed. Devon Tays, Ryan Pulak, and Matt Barzal. I don't know if $8.12 million even is enough to sign Barzy for next season. So, the Islanders are going to have to make some room. And, look, it's going to require a trade, whether it's a, a guy like Nick Letty or Johnny Boychuk or Thomas Hickey, or they're going to have to stash somebody in the minors. But at the end of the day, this deal means that the Islanders will need to get creative and figure out a way to re-sign those restricted free agents. And look, you know what? Those three guys are core guys. I mean, Barzal is right now their best offensive forward. Uh, Pulak, definitely solid. And Devontae's, you know, these are, these are defensemen who see a lot of minutes, who play a major role with the team. You want to have all of those guys back. So there's the downside, if there is one, uh, to the Sorokin signing. But realistically, we knew this was coming. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a problem. It just means that Lou Lamorello is going to have his work cut out for him. And this is something that they'll figure out. But the big benefit is this. The NHL season for 2020-2021 gets underway December 1st. Whether When the Islanders' first game is going to be, maybe it's the first, maybe it's the second, the third, whenever it is. You're talking about half of July, you have August, September, October, November. Four and a half months right now for Ilya Sorokin to work with the goaltending coaches, talk to his teammates, get to know them better, get to, you know, find a place to live around Long Island, get to uh, adjust to life here, practice with the team. He is not eligible to play against the Panthers or in any of the games during this year's playoffs, but even being with the team in Toronto, and he is expected to go with the team into the bubble and play in Toronto uh, and be with the team in Toronto, even though he's not going to play, that is going to be important to acclimating him to the North American game, to giving him experience, and to making him more comfortable with everything going on around him. All of this makes him a better player once he is eligible to take the ice in a game that counts starting in December. So, very good news for the New York Islanders. Certainly progress being made here. No, it's not going to help them win in the playoffs this year, but it's going to make them a better team next season, and that is certainly good news for Islander fans. 
All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow with more great Islanders coverage. Folks, we're one day closer to the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, let's go Islanders.